And if you brought a Bible, uh, please go with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 49 of the book of Genesis. If you wouldn't mind standing for the reading of God's word tonight, just a few moments more. Genesis chapter 49, beginning at verse 22, connecting to what we spoke about this morning uh, from the life of Joseph. I want to read a few verses there. This is Jacob's prophetic word concerning his son Joseph. And Genesis 49, verse 22, Genesis 49, verso 22. Conectando con lo que hemos dicho esta mañana sobre la vida de José, estas son las palabras proféticas de el siervo de Dios Jacob sobre su hijo José. It reads, Joseph is a fruitful bow, a fruitful bow by a spring. Its branches run over a wall. The archers bitterly attacked him and shot at him and harassed him. But his bow remained firm, and his arms were agile. From the hands of the mighty one of Jacob, and there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. From the God of your father who helps you, and by the Almighty who blesses you, with blessings of heaven above, the blessing of the deep that lies beneath, blessings of the breast and of the womb, blessings of your father, have surpassed the blessings of my ancestors up to the uttermost bound of the everlasting hills. May they be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of the one distinguished among his brothers. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you tonight for the presence of the Holy Spirit and the abiding joy that we sense in being in your house. I pray tonight that you would anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God, and that you would anoint the hearing of this congregation, together that our hearts might be stirred by faith. We ask that in Jesus' name, and the church said amen. 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 You may be seated this, this evening, and uh, as we go to the word of the Lord tonight, I remind you briefly of the life of Joseph. Joseph is a picture to us of two things in the Old Testament. José para nosotros es un retrato de dos cosas en el Antiguo Testamento. He serves, first of all, as an Old Testament picture of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Primero, José sirve como un retrato del Antiguo Testamento de la persona de nuestro Señor Jesucristo. When you look at the life of Joseph and the life of Jesus, you see an incredible number of similarities. And I cannot list them all for us tonight, but I'll just mention a few. Uh, hay muchas uh, cosas que reflejan la vida de José con la vida de Jesús. And among them is the fact that Joseph was the favored son of Jacob, just as Jesus is the favored son of God. We read that Joseph was rejected by his brothers, just as Jesus was rejected by the Jewish people. We read that Joseph was put in prison in a, in, in a pit the night before he was exalted. Leemos que José fue puesto en la prisión en una, en una parte baja, así como Jesús también fue puesto en la tumba, just as Christ was placed in the tomb and in that pit uh, prior to his exaltation. We read that Joseph was sitting at the right hand or at the second in command of Pharaoh's uh, a throne. Leemos que José fue puesto segundo sobre el trono de el rey faraón, así como también Jesús está sentado a la diestra de Dios Padre. And in the same way, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the majesty of God on high. The Bible said that Pharaoh gave to Joseph a name, Zephnethpaneah, which represented his exaltation. And the Bible says that God has given to Jesus a name, that name under which every knee shall bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And on and on we can go through the types of Christ in the life of Joseph. Podemos ver muchos de los tipos de nuestro Señor Jesucristo 
en la vida de José. We also see another picture in the life of Joseph. También vemos otro retrato en la vida de José. And that is the picture of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Vemos también el retrato, uh, el tipo de la iglesia del Señor Jesucristo. For you see, just as the favor of God was upon Joseph, the favor of God is upon you and I. Somebody say amen. Así como el favor de Dios estaba sobre José, así también el favor del Padre está sobre la iglesia. Just as Joseph's coat was covered in blood in order to cover the sin of his brothers, so you and I were washed in the blood of Jesus in order to cover our sin. And just as Joseph was given that coat of many colors, so you and I have been given the coat of God's uh, gifts and God's affection toward us, that very colored tunic of the gifts of the Spirit rests upon the church of Jesus Christ. So with that said, tonight as we read through these verses and we exegete this text, I want you to realize that we're talking about the church and we're talking about you. Al leer este pasaje esta noche, quiero que usted tome en cuenta que estoy hablando de la iglesia y estoy hablando de ustedes uh, eh, eh, como forman parte del de pueblo del Señor. How many of you are part of the church of Jesus Christ? ¿Cuántos son parte de la iglesia del Señor Jesucristo? I don't mean you're a member of a church, but you have become a part of the body of Christ through your faith in Jesus Christ. Usted fue hecho parte del cuerpo del Señor Jesucristo a través de su fe. The Bible calls this a mystery. La Biblia llama esto un misterio. One day you gave your life to Christ. And you made a commitment of your heart to him. And he came in and he transformed your heart. And he gave you a new birth experience. And at that very moment, you became a part of the family of God. Un día usted se entregó a Dios, entregó a Jesús. Jesús llegó a su vida, transformó su vida. Le dio un nuevo nacimiento. Y usted fue hecho parte de la familia de Dios. Some people have mistakenly said we're all part of God's family. I'm sorry, but that's not what the Bible teaches. God is not everybody's father. God is everybody's maker, but he's not everybody's father. He is only father to those who have accepted by faith the gift of his son, Jesus Christ, at the cross. Dios no es padre hacia todos. Algunos dicen Dios es el padre de todos. La realidad es que Dios es el creador de todos. Pero no es el padre de todos. Los únicos que le pueden llamar padre son aquellos que han puesto su fe en su hijo Jesús y el sacrificio que él hizo en la cruz del Calvario. Por lo tanto, usted y yo esta noche podemos llamarle a Dios padre. So you and I tonight can call God our father. Somebody say amen. When we talk to God, we don't have to talk to him as our boss. We don't have to talk to him as our maker. We don't have to talk to him as our, as our inspector. We don't have to talk to him as our judge, not even as our friend. When we talk to God, we say, in the name of Jesus, we call upon our Father. Cuando hablamos con Dios, hablamos con nuestro Padre, no nuestro juez, no nuestro investigador, no nuestro creador, pero nuestro Padre. He is our Father. And as our Father, He has bestowed His blessing upon us. Siendo nuestro Padre, Él ha puesto sobre nosotros su bendición. Now, I made reference to this this morning, and I want to be very clear about it tonight. That you and I have no hope of the blessing of God outside of Jesus Christ. We are blessed in Christ. Usted y yo no tenemos esperanza de la bendición fuera de Cristo Jesús. You can't get blessed in Buddha. You can't get blessed in Krishna. You can't get blessed in Mohammed. You can't get blessed because you're a Republican or because you're a Democrat or even because you're a member of Kingsway Church. The only way to be blessed is to be found in Jesus. La única forma de ser bendecido es ser hallado en Cristo. Is there anybody in here tonight that is in Jesus? Habrá alguien esta noche que está en Cristo. To be in Christ is to be like Noah 
in the ark, to be like the children of Israel behind the door covered in blood. To be in Jesus is to be saved. To be in Jesus is to be saved. To be in Jesus is to be changed. To be in Jesus is to be blessed. Estar en Cristo es estar bendecido. So if you're in Christ, then you can say, as we said this morning, God has decided to bless me. Si usted está en Cristo, usted puede decir, como dijimos esta mañana, Dios ha decidido bendecirme. Are you in Christ? Are you in Christ? Then say with me, God has decided to bless me. Si usted está en Cristo esta noche, usted puede decir, Dios ha decidido bendecirme. Doesn't that feel good? You should smile about that. God has decided to bless me. My earthly uh, friends may not bless me, but God has decided to bless me. Uh, my, my colleagues at work may not bless me, but God has decided to bless me. Uh, the, the Republicans and the Democrats may not bless me, but God has decided to bless me. Dios ha decidido bendecirme. I said God has decided to bless me. I believe it. I am convinced of it. Estoy convencido de esto que Dios ha determinado desde las edades pasadas que Él me va a bendecir. God has determined from ages past to bless me and therefore I can say I am blessed by almighty God and I have the favor of God in my life. Puedo decir que yo soy bendecido por el Dios Todopoderoso y que su favor está sobre mí. Are you up to date with me right now? Are you trekking with me? Está conmigo esta noche. Alright, so the father begins to speak concerning the son and the first thing he says, he says you are a fruitful vine. El padre comienza a hablar sobre su hijo y él dice, tú eres una viña fructífera. Here's what I want you to understand. That when God speaks, two things happen. Number one, God speaks concerning things that are not yet real in your life, but they're real in his mind. Cuando Dios habla, Dios habla conforme las cosas que aún no se han realizado en tu vida, pero son real en la mente de Dios. And here's the way I think about it. If it's not real in my, in my life, it doesn't matter because if God said it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Si Dios lo ha dicho, esto es lo que va a ocurrir. And so the second thing that happens is when God speaks, He creates. Cuando Dios habla, Él crea, Él forma la cosa que no está ahí. Are you still with me tonight? So when God speaks over your life, cuando Dios habla sobre tu vida esta noche, y Él te dice, tú eres una viña fructífera. He says, you are a fruitful vine. You look around and you look at your life and you say, uh-uh, I am not that Yet. Y sabe, usted se ve, se ve solo, ve, ve su vida y dice, yo no soy eso aún. Or maybe you look around and you see your life and you wish there were more fruit in your life. Quizá usted mira su vida y piensa, yo quería ser, quisiera ser más fructífero. Can I tell you that because God has spoken that over your life, as he speaks it over your life tonight, he says, you are a fruitful vine. You're going to bear fruit for the glory of God. Cuando Dios dice, tú eres una viña, Fructífera, vas a dar fruto para la gloria de Dios. So I want you to say this with me tonight. I am a fruitful vine. Yo quiero que usted diga, yo soy una viña fructífera. Now that's kind of hard to say, isn't it? That's good. You're learning Spanish. You're already bearing fruit. Ya ve que ya está, ya está aprendiendo inglés, ya está dando fruto. You know what Jesus said? He said, I am the vine, and you are the branches, and every branch in me bears fruit. And the branch that does not bear fruit, my father who is the husbandman comes and cuts it away. You see, you and I are a fruitful vine because we are in Christ. Usted y yo somos una viña fructífera porque estamos 
en Cristo. That means that wherever you go, whatever you do, whatever circumstance you find yourself in, whatever the need requires, God will give you the fruit to bear in that situation. Cual sea la necesidad o la circunstancia que usted confronte, Dios le dará el fruto para poder confrontar esa situación. Have you ever needed to love somebody that was hard to love? But you found the fruit of the, of the love of God in your life. Pero encontró usted un día que tenía que amar a alguien que es difícil amar. Y, y, y Dios le dio amor para esa persona. Ever found, that's the strangest thing, isn't it? When you found yourself loving your enemy. De repente usted se encontró que estaba amando a su enemigo. And you thought, what is going on in my life? I'll tell you what's going on. God is bearing fruit in your life. Dios está dando fruto en su vida. Maybe this has happened to you. Something happened in your life that normally would have made you lose your head and lose your temper and lose everything else. Maybe even lose your grace. But all of a sudden, peace came into your life and anxiety left you. And you said, it's going to be okay. And then you walked away and you thought, who just said that? And where did that come from? What happened? You're bearing fruit out of your spirit. Why? Because you are a fruitful vine. Usted es una viña fructífera. Kingsway Church, we are a fruitful vine. Somebody say amen tonight. God has called us to bear fruit. Fruit, good fruit, and much fruit. That is God's desire for us and God's plan for us. Ese es el propósito de Dios para nosotros. Que seamos una iglesia fructífera. Que demos fruto. Buen fruto y mucho fruto. Say that with me. Fruit, good fruit, and much fruit. I, I think about it like this. Our life, every one of our lives should be like that food pantry truck that showed up here a month ago. You remember that thing? There was so much produce on that thing. There was, there was lettuce. There were tomatoes. There were turnips. There was, um, there was meat. There was cheese. There was milk. That's our life. When you and I are walking by the Spirit, our life will produce the things that God wants out of us. Come on, somebody. There is a fruitfulness that comes from walking with God. Hay un, fru hay un fruto que viene cuando caminamos con Dios. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, we were in the Holy Land, and our, our hotel in, in, on one of the nights was um, on the Sea of Galilee. And right in front of the hotel, there was a fig tree. Uh, en, un, en el viaje hacia Israel, estábamos en el hotel, y fuera de, el, de la habitación había una higuera. Es higuera. Un día dije que era un higo, hígado, y no era, no era hígado, era higuera. We're all going to learn Spanish tonight. And I, I, I jokingly went up to the fig tree and there were figs on it. Yo fui a, a la higuera y vi que había fruto. And I jokingly said, that's a good thing because I didn't want to have to curse you. Uh, dije, que bueno que hay fruto aquí porque yo no quería tener que maldecir esta higuera. Now, if you don't remember the reference, the Bible said Jesus went up to a fig tree that wasn't bearing any fruit. And he cursed it. Jesús fue a una higuera que no estaba dando fruto y la maldijo. God likes fruit from his people. Dios quiere recibir fruto de su pueblo. And the only way you can bear fruit is if you read the next line in this text. Vea la segunda línea de este pasaje. It says he is a fruitful vine by a spring. Dice que esta viña es frutífera porque está cerca de un arroyo, está cerca del agua. You see, friends, fruitfulness comes into our life when we are drinking from the stream of the Spirit of God. El fruto viene a nuestra vida cuando estamos bebiendo de la fuente del agua del Espíritu de Dios. You see, if you are not drinking from the stream of the 
of the Spirit of God, you will not have the ability to bear that fruit. Because it's the fruit of God's Spirit. Es el fruto del Espíritu de Dios. Por lo tanto, usted tiene que estar bebiendo el agua del Espíritu de Dios. And the believer has a responsibility to seek the water of the Spirit. El, el creyente tiene la responsabilidad de buscar el agua del Espíritu. The root system of our life has to dig down deep to find the streams of water. El ra la raíz de nuestra vida tiene que buscar el agua, tiene que escarbar y buscar a través, a veces de piedra y a través de, de, de lodo para llegar a la fuente. Sometimes a root system has to get down past stony ground and, and, uh, and hard clay and get past that caliche in order to get down to the stream where it can drink from that stream that is flowing with freshness. You see, friends, when your spiritual life starts to feel stale, it starts to feel like you haven't ha have any freshness, that you're starting to, to feel dried up, it's because your root system has not been drinking from the stream of the Spirit of God. And that is a warning sign that tells you that like a deer that panteth for the water brooks, so your soul must long after God. That you've got to start seeking His presence. Get to His house. Get into His Word. Find your prayer closet and be in a place of communion with God. And when you do that, you find that even in the drought seasons, there is fruitfulness in your life. I would en los días de sequía cuando nuestra raíz está bebiendo el agua del Espíritu aún en la sequía hay fruto did you know that you can give fruit in hard times you can give fruit in dry seasons if you're drinking from the stream of God's Spirit. Usted puede dar fruto en épocas de sequía si usted está bebiendo del agua del Espíritu the Bible said that Jesus on the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, according to the custom of the feast, the, the priest would walk to the pool of Siloam and fill his pitcher with water. And he would walk across uh, the streets of Jerusalem back to the Temple Mount. And he would go to the altar. And he would pour out that pitcher of water upon the altar as a drink offering. And during that solemn occasion, you can imagine the multitude of the nation of Israel solemnly celebrating the end of the feast. Thousands of people watching this, this uh, mass production of this, of this drama played out by the priest. And as he poured out the water upon the altar, a voice shattered the silence of that day. And it was the voice of Jesus. And he said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. I'm here today to tell you that Jesus is still making the same invitation to your soul. If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. And out of his belly, out of his innermost being, shall flow rivers of living water. When you get thirsty, you come to Jesus. He is the living water for your soul. Si usted tiene sed, ven a Jesús. Él es el agua viva para tu alma. Now, I want you to notice this. This is a responsibility of the believer. Esta es la responsabilidad del creyente. If you don't seek him, if you don't pursue him, if you don't chase after him, you're going to dry up. Si usted no lo sigue, no lo persigue, no lo busca, se va a secar. And I've run into a lot of dry Christians. Not here, fortunately, tonight, but some of them, you know, they have been dry for a long time. Hay cristianos que no han bebido agua por mucho tiempo. And you know, unfortunately, there are churches that are dry. Tristemente hay iglesias que están secas. There are churches where there's no anointing on the worship, no anointing on the preaching, and there is a dryness in the place. Hay iglesias donde no hay unción sobre la palabra, no hay unción sobre, sobre la adoración, y hay una sequía en ese lugar. That's why when you and I come into this house, we need to thank God that we're living in a place and in a season where the Spirit of God is flowing by His Spirit. Tenemos que darle gracias a Dios que Él está, estamos en un lugar donde el Espíritu está fluyendo por el Espíritu de Dios, donde el agua está fluyendo, pero es nuestra responsabilidad beber 
esa agua. It's our responsibility to drink of that water. You see, you can stand in church and the presence of God be pouring out like a torrential rain. And yet, if you have your spiritual umbrella up and you say, I'm not getting wet. I'm not going to drink any of this. Then you can stay dry and you can dry up on the vine. But if you say, you know what, God, I need your spirit. I want that outpouring of your grace. I've got to have another double portion of your spirit. I've got to have the anointing of your spirit to get through my daily life. Friend, the spirit of God is there morning, noon, and night to refresh and to renew and to strengthen the soul of every believer who will call out to God in faith. You can get filled in your car while you're driving. While you're washing the dishes, the Holy Spirit can just fill you up. You can, get, uh, you can get filled as you pray in your prayer closet. I'm talking to some people who know that God shows up in the strangest places. God will show up anywhere where there's somebody who will seek him. Come on. He said, seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. The fruitful vine by the spring. And its branches, this is what I want you to notice tonight. Its branches run over the wall. Now here's what I want you to see, Kingsway Church. When you and I are bearing fruit because we're connected to Christ and we're bearing fruit because we're drinking from the stream, our root system is strong. Then our branches begin to spread out. Our reach becomes greater. Cuando la iglesia está bebiendo del agua del Espíritu y cuando la iglesia está en la presencia de Dios, sus brazos comienzan a extenderse, los pámpanos comienzan a extenderse y dice la Escritura que los pámpanos de aquel árbol comienzan a estirar más allá que los muros, más allá que las paredes. What does this tell us? This tells us that when a church is drinking, from the streams of eternal life that God allows that church or that Christian to reach into places that normally he would not be able to reach. To reach into places that he could not get on his own. You know, when I think about what God is doing among us and I see the kinds of people that God is bringing through here and saving and, and restoring and healing and rebuilding, and I think, my Lord, I see in this place a vine that has grown over the wall. You see, we, we could live in our little, our quaint little box and just say, this is what we are. This is how we dress. This is how we speak. This is how we preach. But you know, when the Spirit of God starts to move, those vines start growing out and they start reaching into places that we didn't dream of or imagine before. I thought it was kind of humorous this last, uh, this last week we were at our men's retreat. And, and you've got to know, I'm just going to give you a little self-assessment of myself. You already know this, but um, I, I tend to be very conservative and I tend to be uh, very, uh, very sophisticated about things. And I try not to... Not to uh, not to go too far off the line, and I try to be professional. Is that is that about how you would see me? Yeah, and uh, and then I think about uh, we're at the men's retreat, and the roughest looking guys in that retreat were the guys from Kingsway Church. And I thought to myself, you know, we have so much ink in our church, we could run a printing press. I thought to think, look at what God has done. He took a stuffy, sophisticated college kid who was Baptocostal, and he brought him to a place, and he allowed the, the vine to reach out and start touching people that wouldn't be touched. Come on, somebody. When you are drinking from the stream, it doesn't matter if you're in a suit or a hoodie. God will bless your life. I said, God will bless your life. So we're reaching over the wall. And so I don't care if Donald Trump builds a wall or not. The vines will reach over the walls. Our, our branches as a church, they reach into Mexico. They reach into Honduras. They reach into Guatemala, into Chile, into, into Nicaragua. They reach into Ghana. They reach into Togo. They reach, they reach north. They reach south. They reach east. They reach west. They reach every place where there is a thirst for the Spirit of God and a, and a desire to eat the fruit of the Spirit. And you and I are that vine. God says these branches will go beyond the walls. 
So I want to do a little survey tonight. I hope you don't mind. How many of you grew up Pentecostal? Raise your hand. All right, that's a good number of you. How many of you grew up Baptist? Any Baptists in here? A couple, yeah, all right. How many of you grew up Catholic? Yeah, I thought so. Any Methodists? Yeah, any Presbyterians? Anybody in here just grew up plain pagan? Didn't have, didn't have anything at all about God in your family? You don't want to raise your hand now, right? How many of you had no church background? There you go. Now, how is it that in one church you have all these people from all these different backgrounds sitting together worshiping Jesus, sitting together talking about the same Bible, the same Word of God? Because when the Spirit of God is moving, the branches begin to reach out. They begin to go places far beyond what we could have dreamed or imagined. And if we go on, we can talk about how many of you maybe grew up poor. Some of you grew up wealthy. Some of you grew up with an education. Some of you have no education, but you see the Spirit knows no boundary. He knows no limitation. And there is nothing that God cannot do through a church that is ready and willing to be moved by the Spirit of God. Your branches go over the vine, over the wall. So what am I telling you tonight? I'm telling you this. That you and I have been gifted as believers, called by God to go beyond what we know. Sometimes that's scary, isn't it? Sometimes it's a little, it's a little intimidating to go outside of the walls of our custom or the walls of our, of our upbringing. But when God begins to move, he gives us the spirit of faith, which moves us into areas, into arenas that we've never been before. This year, by the grace of God as a church, we went into a new arena of publishing a book. Didn't we? And, and guess what? That's just one little bit of the branch. More of you are going to do that. And, and God is not only going to do that, but he's going to write, he's going to give this church songs that will touch the nations. He's going to give this church music that will touch the nation. We're going to have to reach out of the walls. But you see, what happens is we come up against that wall and we think, well, what if, what if nobody will read it? What if nobody likes it? What if it's a big disaster? What if it fails? What if it's a flop? Well, can I turn that around and tell you, what if God blesses it? What if God uses it? What if God doesn't let it fail? Come on, somebody. You and I have been given the authority to go beyond the walls. So I want you to, to keep your eyes open for every divine opportunity. Because you see, vines are invasive. I don't know if you ever thought about this. They're so pretty. They're green. Some of them have flowers. But they're actually very violent. They'll find a little crack in the wall and start drilling their way through. They'll get up on a fence and just start tangling around. And you see, when you see a divine opportunity, you just kind of start getting in the door. Just get in that place. And before they know it, they're going to have this thing outgrowing everything that's in that place because God has given us the grace to take over those places that this world thinks it's dominating. He's given us the grace to go in and say, thus saith the Lord, to go in and establish the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. He's given us authority to do that in the name and power of Jesus Christ. So I want you to keep your eyes open. And when you see a divine opportunity, don't pass it up and don't be afraid, but go in the courage of God's spirit and take over in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. I'm talking to a church that God has decided to bless. I said God has decided to bless. That's how many of you are first, first generation believers in your family? No one in your family before you believed. All right. Now, here's what I want you to know. When you walk around, there's a big red-hot target on your back. Why? Because the enemy knows 
that if he lost you, because the gospel is so invasive, eventually that vine will get over on somebody else. And, and first mama gets saved, then daddy gets saved, then junior gets saved, and then baby, baby Billy gets saved. And before you know it, the whole family is coming to the, coming to the gospel. And so he set a target on your back because he doesn't want to lose that family. And he knows if he loses you, he's lost the whole family because sooner or later the kingdom of God is going to show up and dominate in that place. Can I tell you, don't give up, don't quit, keep fighting, push your way through. God is going to give you your family. He's going to give you your marriage. This is the word of God over your life. Four generations ago in my family, no one had heard or received the gospel, but one did, and then two, and now four generations later, both sides of my family tree have preachers and evangelists and missionaries because somebody decided not to give up, not to quit, not to throw in the towel. It is worth it. Come on, it's worth the fight. And eventually, those walls are going to come down. And God is going to give you access to the hearts of your family. Now, the scripture gives us this here. It says that the archer bitterly attacked him and shot at him and harassed him. Now, this is the problem. Most in the church, you read that in the, in the recruitment brochure and you say, no, thank you. Look at these three words. Bitterly attacked, shot at, and harassed. Some of you can honestly say, Pastor, before I got saved, no one ever did that to me. But ever since I got saved, I've gotten bitterly attacked, shot at, and harassed. Welcome to the family of God. You see, the enemy will bitterly attack, shoot at, and harass the people of God. So you might as well get used to it. Don't cry boo-hoo about it. Just get used to the fact that when you are going God's way, the enemy is going to shoot at you. The enemy is going to harass you, and he is going to bitterly attack you. But verse 24 gives me my favorite conjunction in all of the Bible. It said, the archer bitterly attacked him and shot at him and harassed him, but, say that with me, but. Don't you just love that little word? But it changes the whole direction of the sentence. When you use the conjunction but, it changes the whole dynamic of the sentence. If I say to you, I love you, but, it just changes everything, doesn't it? It's changed the whole dynamic of the sentence. So here we have it again. The archer bitterly attacked him and shot at him and harassed him, but his bow remained firm and his arms were agile. From the hands of the mighty one of Jacob and from their shepherd, the stone of Israel. Look at God's promise to his church. He says, yes, they're going to shoot at you. Yes, they're going to harass you. Yes, they're going to attack you. But you will remain firm. Your bow will remain firm in your hand. You see, the bow is that, is that reminder of the, ancient, of the ancient warrior of his pursuit. Of victory. When you read about the bow in the Bible, you read about victory. You, you read about the pursuit of victory. And Joseph, the Bible said that his bow was firm in his hand. That means that his warfare was strong. Even though he was under attack, even though he was being bitterly accused, even though he was thrown into the pit, there was a strength in that man that didn't come from him, but it came from God. You know that Job, who was also a man like Joseph, who endured a great deal of affliction, he wrote these words, and he said, my bow is renewed in my hand. Job lets us understand that there is a bow in the hand of the believer. That bow is the, the, the pursuit of victory in our life. Now, why does the enemy harass, attack, and shoot at you? Because he wants you to lay down your bow. He wants you to lay down your weapon. He wants you to take it, uh, take it for granted that he's going to win. 
But God says, don't you dare do that. You hold that bow firm in your hands because I am holding it with you. And Job says, my bow is renewed in my hand. What does that mean? Uh, that means that every time that you pull on that bow and shoot an arrow, it may not be straight the first time, but you just keep shooting you just keep on fighting. You just keep on practicing. And with every shot, you get stronger. And with every shot, you get straighter. And with every shot, there's more power behind you. You see, every battle that you have been through, God was using to make you stronger, to make you mightier, to make you more firm, so that that bow is renewed in your hand. Every single battle that you and I have experienced as a believer was amounting to something great for the glory of God. So I want you to take your bow in your hand tonight and pull it back and feel the tension of what's going on in your life and realize that your bow is being renewed in your hand. Every time you take up the gift that God has given you and you begin to employ it, it's becoming stronger in your life. It's becoming more, more useful in your hands. Listen to what he says. He says, my bow remained firm and my arms remained agile. I was able to flow and to move and to flex with the wind and the rain and the, the, the struggles and the strife. Can I tell you today that God has called you to be firm, but he's also called you to be flexible, to be agile. He's called you to be that man or woman who the Spirit of God can use in battle, but also use on your knees in prayer. That you can be that man or woman empowered by the Spirit of God to wage war against the kingdom of darkness. And he says your bow is going to remain firm in your hands. Have you ever fought so long and so hard for something that you felt like in your spirit your knees were getting a little wobbly and your arms were starting to lose strength? You know, the Bible said that those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall rise up with wings like an eagle. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. That's God's promise to you tonight. He says, you hold on. You fight on. Let my spirit empower you for the fight. Let my spirit empower you for the struggle. You will see that your bow will remain firm in your hands. Now I want to just briefly mention three things God said he's going to do. Number one, he says, verse 25, from God your father who helps you. God says, I will be your helper. I will be your helper. Say that with me this, this evening. Help me, Lord. You know, you can pray long, wordy, sophisticated, smart prayers, but that little prayer right there will do a lot more good if you just say, help me, Lord. When you're facing life's temptations, you remember, God is my help. Help me, Lord. And then he says, and by the mighty one who blesses me. Say, bless me, Lord. Not only is he your help, but he is your blesser. And his blessing rests upon the life of the believer. And then verse 25 says this. The blessings that come from deep within. When I think about that, it amazes me to think that God has blessed me by putting deep within me and deep within the believer those things that we need to be able to fight the good fight of faith. So that when you are in the midst of the fight, when you're in the midst of the struggle, you reach down deep into your spirit and you begin to pray and out of your spirit comes prayers with such power that heaven is moved and hell is terrified. Out of your spirit comes such power that you realize, you start to wonder where did this come from? God said, I have put deep within you my spirit and my spirit is like that ever, ever flowing well that has what you need at the hour and the moment that you need it. The blessings of God lie deep, deep within. Sometimes it takes a lot of pressure in your life to bring all of that out to the surface. But when you open your mouth and you begin to bless the Lord, 
You begin to worship God. You begin to fill your mouth with praise. You find strength where there was no strength. You find a way where there was no way. You find a door where there was no door. You find that God's grace enables you to face the test and to win the battle. And that is God's promise to you and I tonight. He says, I will help you. I will bless you. And I will bring things out of you that you didn't even know were there. I will bring things out of you that you didn't ever, ever dream of. You'll, you'll talk about my blessing on your life. You'll talk about the words that I've given you. And you'll, set, you'll sit and wonder where did I get those words? Where did that message come from? How did I get the power to do that? You'll realize that God put deep within you by his spirit those gifts and callings which make you adequate to the task. Tonight I want to encourage you to call upon God, your father, who says, I have decided to bless you. And if I've decided to bless you, no man can curse you. No circumstance can curse you. Hell itself can't stop you because you are a fruitful vine and you are drinking from the stream and your, your branches will extend beyond the walls of your imagination. Would you stand with me this evening? And let's just bless the Lord a few more moments. Right where you are, just lift your hands. Lift your voice. Lift up a, sound, a song of praise to the living God. If you're thirsty, he says, come unto me and drink. So just right there where you're standing, just ask him to give you water from his spirit. He said, to those who thirst, I will give them of the water of life freely. Don't worry about how the fruit's going to come. Don't worry about how the victories are going to come. you got to get the water, and the water will bring the rest. The spirit will bring the rest. Come on, all over the room, where's the voice of the church tonight? Oh, mighty God, mighty God, we praise you. Come on, just praise him out of your spirit. Set your outer man aside for a little bit and just praise him out of the depths of your spirit. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be your name, Jesus. We're not going to sing anything just yet because I don't want you to get distracted by lyrics. Come on, go after God. Put your spiritual umbrella down and go after God. Tell him, Lord, soak me, rain on me. I need your spirit. I'm thirsty for you, oh God. I'm thirsty for you. I need the torrent of grace to fall upon my life. Almighty God. Holy Spirit, tonight we welcome an invasion of divine power. An invasion of divine grace. That strength that comes from God. Our spirit is thirsty. Our souls are thirsty for you. We've come into your house, oh God, because we recognize our need for you. We recognize our thirst for you, oh living God. Come on, where's the voice of the church? Where's the voice of the church? You see, you've got to open your mouth. It's got to come out of your mouth. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Come on, just set your flesh aside. I know you're tired, you're weary. It's been a long day, but God wants to hear from your heart. Come on, let's just have an old-fashioned prayer meeting in the house of God tonight. Oh, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. We pray, oh God, for a shifting of the atmosphere in this city. We pray, oh God, for a manifestation of your glory and power on our behalf. We are thirsty for you, Jesus. Come on, go after God with all of your heart. Chase after him with all of your heart. As a deer panteth for the waters, so my soul longeth after you, O living God. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Oh God, when I think of your goodness and your grace, when I think of your favor upon my life, when I think of the ways that you have sheltered me out of trouble and you've rescued me out of trouble, I will bless your name. I will bless your name at all times. Oh, living God, I will worship you. I will give you thanks. I will give you praise, oh, living God. Oh, mighty Savior, we worship you tonight. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord.
Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on. He's waiting to hear from you. He's waiting to hear from you tonight. Stir it up. Stir it up. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, just worship God out of your spirit tonight. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just press through. Press through. Press through. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Oh, Mananda la la bossi, terriere da bossi, Come on, open your mouth, church. Where is the voice of the church tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Out of the depths of our heart, oh God, we cry out to you, oh living water. Let the living water stir our soul. Fill our spirit tonight. Touch the deepest part of our inner man. Glory, 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 glory. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes, God. Come on, pray through. Pray through tonight. Come on, we've gotten out of practice as a church. We've gotten out of practice as a, as a body of believers. We've got to learn how to pray through. The archers will, sh will shoot violent arrows, but we've got to pray through. Against every assault of the enemy, against every strategy of hell, we have to pray through. 